Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. So we are here with another solo pod today, and this one is on um, kind of a dark subject, but it's about uh, the fear of, well, originally it was going to be the fear of, of failure, but um, more importantly, this is, this is kind of a weird one that I've seen over the years, which is the fear of success. So I am um, just before we get started. Um, I'm not a life coach. I'm not a therapist um, any more than anyone in a service business is a therapist. Um, you might understand that you know part of your job as a lawyer is somewhat to be a therapist your clients. But um, basically, I've kind of seen this play out to some degree in you know the hundreds of firms that we've worked with over the years. So um, I again, I wanted to to kind of do this as a two parter, but I really think the more interesting subject here, um, I feel fear of failure is something that's been pretty well covered. But um, yeah, this uh, this whole idea of the fear of success. It's a lot more tricky, and um, it's something that you've seen over the years in a lot of art, a lot of literature, and you know this is concept of of the doomed protagonist. And you know if you have in an area of law where you've seen people that can make like a big windfall, so like let's say personal injury or somebody inheriting an estate or you know, getting a big settlement, you've probably seen this on some level. So you have people that you know have earned success, and they're usually able to keep it pretty stable, but. If you just inject success into somebody's life or money or finances, a lot of the times you'll see sometimes people will just find a way to squander it. And, you know, why is that? So uh, a couple of things I want to bring in. So uh, I was on Netflix over this past weekend and I saw a movie that I actually ended up seeing twice, uh, once in theaters, once before. Um, Uncut Gems was actually uh, put on Netflix. Which, and it's a really good movie. I highly recommend it. Not going to be any spoilers here. But, um, you know, without going into depth on the plot, it involves a business owner who also has a gambling problem. So the whole movie, and it's kind of funny, uh, I was wearing a Fitbit the first time I watched this in theaters, and you could kind of actually monitor, I monitored my heart rate over the course of this movie. It was about as close as uh, having a panic attack as I'd had in a movie theater (laughs) pretty much always ever, because it's just a really, really gripping story. I also have to say that it ended up hitting a bit close to home um, being a business owner. Not that I have a gambling problem, but being in business is a gamble. If you wanted to take the safe path, you would still be at the big firm. And, uh, you know, marketing in a new way is a gamble. And sometimes the bigger the risk, the bigger the payoff. So um, one of the things is that there's this kind of concept. And and, this is this is gambling is a very, very interesting concept. phenomenon to to observe because it plays in a lot of things and and this is sort of some of the stuff we've talked about on other solo podcasts is you know your brain's machinery for generating rewards and getting you to take certain behavior so gambling is super compelling because the thing that actually gets people the most excited which triggers the most dopamine within the brain is the anticipation of a reward and every single time you roll the dice or take a spin on the roulette wheel or you know watch the flop on on a poker table you're you're getting that hit and on some level, that's what's what's gambling. But there's, I mean, that's what's attractive about gambling. But there's also these other angles to it. So I also wanted to kind of bring in a little personal story about a friend of mine who is quite a fan of gambling. And basically, uh, he bets on all kinds of crazy stuff, or, or used to at the time. It's not like he has a problem. But anyways, it's it's you know, it's it's not to the point of it's bad, but it was kind of a funny story. So one time, um, I was watching the UFC with some friends of mine. And he's not a fan of, of the UFC or fighting or anything like that. So he just rolls in and places a you know, pretty sizable bet on a fight he knows absolutely nothing about. 
And I go to my friend, I say, you know, how do you ever come up with the idea of how much money you want to bet on a given fight? And he, he tells me, um, you got to make sure that you're betting enough that it would hurt if you lose, <laughs> which I found really, really interesting because basically that's kind of uh, feeds into um, a couple other theories about gambling. So the one is that the actual gambling itself is attractive. The second thing is that uh, people say that, you know, the real rush is going to see how deep of a hole can you possibly get into while still getting out. But um, there's also been some recent research on hooking people up to, you know, uh, brain scans and stuff like that that showed the actual loss itself is what generates the high. So the most pathological situation in this is when actual losing is what somebody wants to do. And all right, so, you know, we've gone into kind of a, a little bit of a tangent, but let's bring it back to, you know, marketing a law firm. So we do have the situation where we find ourselves where people want, actually want to lose. And, you know, this can manifest itself in self-sabotage. It's a term you might have heard before. But, you know, when you're talking about self-sabotage in the terms of uh, running your practice, it's, it's business sabotage. So, you know, self-sabotage is business sabotage if you happen to be a solo, but you can have, you know, bigger consequences the bigger your firm is and something you really want to avoid. So kind of going into this, you know, why would somebody want to lose? You know, aside from the, you know, the, the pathological thing, I'm not saying anyone listening to this podcast is a pathological gambler, has the neurological traits of a pathological gambler, but um, there's actually a pretty solid reason for people wanting to lose when they try stuff. And in a word, it really boils down to comfort. So you can kind of think about it and, you know, maybe I'll walk through an example of somebody who's got a comfortable practice. It's referral based, but you know, they always, they, you know, they've always been told, they've always seen examples, maybe people they went to law school with, maybe other people in their community, uh, basically that, 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 they've you know, taken the next step and gotten some sort of a scalable marketing channel going. So the thing about trying and failing is that if you try and you fail, you're kind of absolved from having to try in the future, right? So, you know, you did your best. It just didn't work out for you. So, you know, scalable marketing isn't really a thing that's going to work for me. So now you go back to normal. You have your referral-based practice and everything is the same, except you no longer have to feel the guilt around not having done more. So that same person, even if they're six months later, they've spent a bunch of money, um, and they've gone back to square one, they're actually in a better place because, you know, they're, they're able to say, you know, they, I tried everything. And this is actually something I paraphrased from, um, friend of the show, our John Robbins, uh, you know, you can, they can, you know, they go back, you know, they go back to their spouse at the dinner table and they say, Hey, well, I can't really have that vacation next year. They go, but honey, I've tried everything. Right. So basically, you know, sidebar for, you know, for the person that's in this situation, um, <clears throat> again, the end goals for where they are uh, to be where they are minus having the guilt. So one way to fix this, and one that we see happen a lot in practice, is to spend a bunch of money on a marketing campaign, commit however many months the minimum term is, um, and then end up at the end holding nothing, right? But the most much more frugal situation is to perhaps do a little bit of soul searching, just kind of learn how to accept where you are. And you don't have to feel guilt, no one's facing it. But basically, the person who ends up doing some sort of a business endeavor because they think that's what you have to do is, is really kind of submitting to peer pressure. And ultimately, you know, that's just going to cost them the time it takes, the money it takes, um, and hopefully it's not something that's going to actually jeopardize them. So here's the issue that that we have to see on the side of people who are running these marketing campaigns, sometimes with these, these doomed protagonists, right? Um, if you have a big enough chip on your shoulder, you can tank any campaign that's done for you. So I've kind of been thinking through this in the, in the process of uh, 
coming through the notes of this podcast. And I think we might end up, uh, I, I think this might end up having some legs. This could be a recurring concept, but let's call it the trading places test. So, or the freaky Friday test, right? So let's say that, you know, uh, some wizard ended up casting a spell and you woke up next week and you were in the seat of your biggest competitor and they were in your seat, right? So most people would think that they'd be in really, really good shape. So if you know, if you had to take every appointment that came to your competitor, um, you know, you have to realize that basically, you know, a lot of the stuff that you kind of assume is not necessarily in your control actually is, you know, more control than you think, right? So any closed business that ends up happening, regardless of the marketing, if it's the marketing for the biggest firm in your market, they have to deal with this is the same thing. And it has to come from you and your team. So if you look at things from a logical perspective, you know, you probably should be able to get all the business that your competitor does if you have that machine. But just like those clients that you've probably dealt with that get a windfall, some can keep it and some can squander it, right? So if you want to lose, and I mean, we've seen this and it's really, really dark to think about, but there's people that really want to lose and they will figure out a way to lose no matter what. You know, they'll say the wrong thing in the appointment, you know, they'll not follow up on the client that they know they should. They'll, you know, stay up the night before the consult. They'll be snippy to their intake person and put them in a bad mood for the day. You know, whatever it is, you know, it's constantly shocking to see how people can get in their own way. The person who wants to lose will find a way to lose. On the flip side, and, you know, we say this about intake all the time, you know, there are people who are able to take the same leads that your competitor was, and then they'll be actually closing more business than their competitor, right? And the thing is that over time, those people are more likely to overtake the competitor because it's just really a matter of time until somebody scales. If you really have a process that's winning, it doesn't matter if you're small now, you're going to be growing faster than the people who have a worse process. You're going to be getting a higher return on investment, and then more channels are more likely to work out for you. But, and so like, you know, without any sort of external gauges for this the the best proof that somebody has the chops to be in a big firm is to have built a big firm right but when you're starting out on one of these endeavors you don't really know you know it's schrodinger's cat are you going to be the person who's who's destined for success or you're going to be the person who's back to square one in six months you don't really know and this is kind of one of the the, the things to kind of take of this is that you, you hear this thrown around a lot you know this is kind of maybe a tony robbins thing or you can't even tell where these things came from it's just kind of a general you know personal development thing a lot of people say that business growth depends on personal growth, and that's why. So basically, like I said, it's very, very easy to lose. You can find a way to lose if you want. If you want to win, you know, you got to prepare to win. You got to show up to win. Um, but it's 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 really doable. And ultimately, you know, you have to think about any campaign that you do, especially if it's the first time as a blank slate. And you know, your success might be more based on you than you think. So um, just to make sure that we aren't ending on too grim of a note, uh, I want to direct you to free resources uh, that I, you know, I mentioned this on the podcast before, but it's probably worth mentioning again. Um, again, uh, if you, if you want to win, you have to prepare to win. <laughs> and this is probably one of the best resources that we came up with. And again, I'm not qualified to, uh, to fix any doomed protagonists out there, but you know, if you want to prepare to win, uh, we've actually developed a resource that helps people close business and have intake in, in a way that's consistent again. Um, you know, this is a lead a horse to water thing, but if you want to take a look, um, just go to head over to casefield.com. Um, just try to navigate off the page. It'll, uh, move your order to pop up, but it's our resource. The course we made on how to double your case files on any marketing channel that you have. And it's just a framework for intake and that kind of stuff. You get scripts, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, hopefully it'll give you guys a leg up on, um, you know, making sure that your next marketing endeavor is a success and not a failure. So that is it for me, and uh, we'll have another guest on next week of the Law Firm Growth Podcast. 
Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.